everybody. Welcome back to our weekly um, live session. My name is Johannes Verweinen. I'm a full-time instructor for Deep Dives, um, doing concentrating on, on cloud tech, development, uh, analytics, and the machine learning. And below me, I have Nick Kunievinen, a very good friend of mine, who kind of shares the, my background, maybe a little bit more development, a little bit less machine learning until now, right? At the moment, yes. Yeah, and um, it's it's time for our weekly discussion. And uh, this week, um, Nico had full responsibility for selecting the topic of of the week. And Nick, what did you come up with? Well, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about quite. Well, we haven't gone too deep into the technical details of, of various things yet, but we've been talking about technical stuff. And, or maybe DevOps is not only about te like technology, but I was wondering if we should go and take a look into, into that of, let's say, what are the important things that you should know and what you should have if, if you want to be successful in the field of IT. And as a conversation starter, I have here, not that one, I have, I Googled what are top, top, the, the top skills in IT at the moment. And Google says, well, here are some, some artificial intelligence and cloud computing and programming and so on. These are valid. I, I think Johannes will agree with me that these are valid points. But the, the thing that I wanted to discuss, especially with Johannes, is uh, is or, or are actually the, the soft skills mm -hmm. that one probably should have if you if you want to be successful and turns out that in my experience the, the most important skills are not only of course you have to be you know fluent with technology at least somewhat but it's about the soft skills as well and there are actually yeah. quite a lot of them or what do you say, Johannes? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and I guess, um, like, if we would have done this Google search, if Google would have existed uh, 20 years ago, then the results would have been very different. Whereas, so, so these kind of technical skills that we're seeing here um, are definitely bound to a specific time specific year or, or, or a couple of years. Whereas that, the soft skills are needed all the time, right? They, they don't age. So, so that's another thing that's, that, that we're, we're kind of interested when, in. When yeah. 20, 20, 25 years ago, programming would have been on the list as well. But the, the, the hottest topics like cloud computing or artificial intelligence and, and so on, they, they didn't exist in that sense. Well, they did exist, but they weren't the hot topic of the moment at the moment. But so that, that's my kind of what I wanted to talk about and mm -hmm. have a little chat with you, Johannes, about the soft skills. But if we start from like, we don't jump right into the topic. Uh, if we if we talk about, for example, programming, what do you think without looking at any lists? What do you think is the most important programming language at the moment? 
if if someone is relatively new to the field, what should they learn? Um, so, my opinion, of course, is that a programmer is a programmer or software developer independent of the language, right? So, languages come and go. Um, you still know how to program. You still know how a linked list works. Kind of, it just different. It's a, it's a different SDK. Um, I guess until now, like as, and then we also need to make a, a differentiation between front end and back end developers, right? So, kind of, if you're, you know, both, if you're kind of uh, full stack, then of course JavaScript is something that you will need and that you can actually use throughout the stack. So, so that would Probably be a good uh, language uh, to start with. Yeah, it would be you would get most benefit with the minimal amount of of uh, work, right? Um, and then, as we talked a couple of episodes ago, another thing to consider is the performance. Uh, we're going to see more and more um, concentration on, on performance of, of code. So for that, it might be good to try to learn one of the uh, more performant languages like uh, Rust or Go, maybe, instead of going kind of the Python route. And then again, if you're in machine learning, then you need to do Python, right? Yeah, and so. actually, uh, when you talk about performance, it's not only about the performance of the of the server itself. It's also about the performance of the of the person who is doing the programming. And for that, Python, exactly. for example, is much better for for certain kinds of tasks. Not only because of the language itself, but the the, the libraries and frameworks that it that it gives you. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is actually funny. Um, I've recently been taking a look at this. So, so um, one of the things that they've done is uh, they've created a Binding um, for the AWS SDK from Python to Rust. So you use the Python layer to do your logic, but then the actual SDK commands go into a Rust compiled uh, library. Uh, and that's kind of probably what we're going to see um, a lot of uh, in the future for, for also other frameworks. Like in machine learning, we already do that, right? We know yeah. that actual machine learning works in a different environment than, than what we were using to, to tell it what to do. Um, but that could actually be happening in a, in a you know, larger thing uh, with other frameworks as well. OK, so uh, let's suppose you are a question. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> this, we're getting we're warming up here. So yeah. it depends on what, what your general aim is in, in IT. Are you aiming for programmer or to be a programmer or or maybe you're into data science or, or something like that, you need to, of course, be able to fluently tackle the topics and write programs and, and learn new languages. That's actually one of the soft skills, kind of maybe somewhere in the bit between, is the ability to learn and the willingness to learn. Yeah, that, Because that will never stop if, yeah, that, if you want to. Problem. Yeah, and so, actually, the, the topics that we're covering here, if you ignore the the, the the obvious IT ones like the cloud computing and that, then these apply to probably quite a lot of different fields, not only in IT. So willingness yeah. to learn is really important. And yeah, so if you lose the motivation for that, then then you're stuck with, and this can actually easily happen <laughs> if if you find once you get established, you you have a. Maybe a client, or you're working, 
working uh, comfortably in, in some project and that project can go on for, for years and you, you're not learning anything new. And that's actually, it's kind of a good thing to be every now and then in a position where you, when you are, you can, you know, not to be less stressed about the things and you don't have to worry about learning new stuff, but eventually you will get kind of, uh, you're left behind because every everything else moves forward and you're stuck with the old, uh, let's say old Java versions and all, for me, for example, easily happened if I didn't, if I was not interested in the, in the, in the new stuff, I would be using old version of Java no, I would know nothing about the new versions and I would know nothing about the new frameworks unless the new project that I was put into had a new framework. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, like if people are like if people are not in our industry, they might presume that um, it, it's, a, it's a bit like uh, going, you, you go to school first <clears throat> and then you learn, I don't know, full stack JavaScript. And then you basically have that job and that's it. But in reality, it doesn't work like that. In reality, these frameworks that are being used change all of the time. So you're kind of constantly um, either using something that's already outdated uh, or then learning something, something new. And this is not specific to the IT industry. A lot of industries work like, like that. Like for example, in, if you would be in law, laws change all the time. So you kind of need to keep studying it or, or for accounting, uh, new accounting standards come out every year, things change a little bit, you need to know, uh, keep yourself up to date, basically. Uh, it might just maybe be a little bit, you know, more uh, obvious in IT, when the whole kind of platform changes really, really, really yeah. quickly. And uh, people might be surprised by, by that. And, uh, and if you're studying, um, for uh, in, in IT, um, then try to rather than study a specific kind of methodology of this is how we do things step by step, rather think of uh, learning kind of the generics, kind of try to generalize everything that you learn. Remember that the thing that you're using in school might not be around two or three years from now, so so you might. And most likely, that, that's the way it goes. Very yeah, helpful. So don't overinvest in knowing a specific framework, right? And so that, that's one thing. Things do change over time. And if you're stuck with something, then, and you're very, very good at it, you're very good at something really specific, then actually, okay, there, there could be a project where you are really good because you, you know that you know everything about the topic or, or, the, or the, the technology, how it works. And okay, that could be, you would be an asset. But if you think about who, as a team, nowadays you are not working, the, the projects are so large that usually it's more than just one person who's, you know, let's say, implementing something. There are designers and architecture needs to be done and uh, lots of different uh, people working on the same topic or the same project. Let's just call them a, a project. Mm -hmm. uh, when time goes on, you're really technically you're, you're the perfect person. You know everything about the, the, how one thing is done. But who is the most important person in the team? 
who are the most important people? Or is there one who's really important or is there some other metric that really matters? And this I have learned uh, over the years. I know the answer. It, it, at least from my point of view, mm -hmm. uh, this is not taught enough in, in school. Mm. In my opinion. It is, it's really a lot about the people skills as well. Mm. And the ability not just to implement stuff, but to be able to work with people. Communication. And communication. And there are lots of sub, like different ways to communicate, like is it verbal communication, written communication, things like that. Uh, are you communicating with your peers or with your with your project manager or your clients and technical people or completely non-technical people, which is always fun? And those kinds of things are really super important. And I think at least the, when when I was in the university, for example, and, and be, before that, this was not... Of course, we had some project that we did as a group yes but i didn't realize how, realize how important the people skill part of you being a professional is yeah it wasn't really talked about too much uh, although a lot of the things that you do in university kind of help with that like you need to write a lot of essays where you're basically taking some bigger thing and then you know compressing it into a readable short text that other people can written read. communication definitely improved in in the university yeah. for me uh, and kind of the conceptualization so taking a large piece of work and then taking the main points of that and writing it in a shorter shorter version that's that's a, a good skill to have so that make, means that you're writing stuff that really matters people don't have time to read even if you're a good writer you know, it's about time management as well. Um, and, and then, as you said, we, we have these uh, projects as well. Um, in those, I, I guess, at least in my time, the university way was more of kind of creating a project and then letting people kind of fail and figure out the problems while, while failing, right? We, instead of, you know, actually guiding them on how to do things. Um, but, which uh, it's, it works. I, I, I used to um, like run from the university side on quite a lot of these projects. And it was quite funny how um, self-organizing they then are and how similar the problems are that they're facing and, and how similar the solutions are that they're coming up with. So, so maybe, maybe it's fair to say that uh, it is uh, okay to, to, uh, Kind of let people try things out in a project and then learn that way rather than give them some dry lectures on how they should yeah yeah, yeah and and you you really remember those if you learn something because you made a mistake you will you will remember that for a long time and if it's a safe environment then even better but you do learn also when you're working in in as an employer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and what's kind of interesting also in the university, I would say, or, or, or with your jobs, you, you kind of learn, like, like if you have like a hobby background and you're moving over into a professional uh, environment, 
you start to see that they're they're actually also uh, kind of assholes in that organization. And, and now you can't choose the people that you want to work with. Rather, you have to work with the people that you don't really like as well. And you need to find ways to, to do that. Nick has lots of experience of that because he's worked with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the, 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 the A word that you said. Uh, 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 but then, again, people skills. You, you work with people who are... Uh, suddenly they are not your best friends or good friends that you work with, but they are just people and people are different. And you just have to accept that not everybody is as efficient as you are, or they are way more efficient. And then you seem lazy, even if you're not. And, and there are people who are, whose uh, political views are different or, or, or whatever is different, but you still have to work together. And that's one of the skills that, well, okay, fine. Uh, I have, I've never felt that I, I'm law, completely lost when it comes to working with people. So, but I know people who are really strict with their views, and they just they are not willing to, you know, work properly with other people because they are so convinced that their way of doing things is the only good way to do. And if there's someone who's, let's say, technically less able, if, if we just talk about programming, because my 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 background is with uh, software development and programming, I've never been, or most of the time, I've not been the one who's the most, like, uh, if you scale, put your uh, workforce, uh, in, you, you scale, no, you rate them. And the top one is, number one, this is the most perfect this is like the, the programmer. I've never been the programmer, but I would say I'm always been in the top five of of an organization ish, something like that, because I'm willing to learn. I'm learning before I'm needing a new skill. I want mm -hmm. to learn, but that that I've never been on the like the top spot. I'm I'm completely happy with that because I I have other skills that kind of make me in different ways, better than just being able to complete a programming task as efficiently as possible. Yeah, For example, and, and people skills. If, if, you have, if, if you get to choose who you work with, then people who are uh, with whom you are, uh, let's say, nice people who are nice to work with, then people choose those. And then you have a team that suddenly is working and performing properly because there are no extra problems within the team but so again, people skills that's one one of the the things that uh well of course this this might be a, dip, a bit difficult to learn mm -hmm. it's not something that you just go through an online course and then you have people skills right? yeah and maybe you can in the, yeah maybe in it also like traditionally um we had a lot of these uh, total experts who maybe were a little bit more introverted. So that kind of comes from, you know, being interested in computers as a teenager and then spending a lot of time in front of the computer alone um, and programming and stuff. Um, that might then actually lead to not being such a good person in social situations, right? So, so and very often we, we have seen this in our history as well, 
there are some of these these people who are really 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 good in what they're doing but they're really 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 bad in any kind of social <laughs> uh, situations so it may be we have a little bit more of that in the it industry compared to um, other industries as well which make things a little bit more tricky uh then as well and, and and i also think that maybe uh it doesn't exist that much anymore but that used to exist was that um, a lot of the management positions uh were kind of given to people who didn't really or there are like two two problems with with managers that i have seen so so either they were managers who didn't really know much so so we used to work quite a bit in the boom years of the IT industry, where we were literally trying to like hire everybody. <laughs> we just had so many open positions. And then it kind of went that, you know, if you didn't know how to draw, so you were not a graphics guy, if you didn't know how to program, then you became like a project manager, right? Because they don't need to know anything. So I remember <laughs> that joke that if you don't know anything else, then you'll be, be a, pro, a project manager. Which yeah. doesn't apply anymore nowadays. No, but that, that was kind of the, the, the problem in those days. So we had really incompetent management, people who would have zero uh, industry experience. So they wouldn't understand the, the problems that we would get into in projects. They wouldn't have kind of history and they didn't have any kind of knowledge except for maybe being uh, maybe socially uh, nice person. And, and also, that one extra bonus is there, there there is that we were young at the time so yeah, we were, of course, inexperienced well. management and and young people yeah. working without realizing maybe that the management is yeah. not doing their work and and then, and then the, the other combination yeah and then the other problem that we have or the, the other mistake we've made in the it industry uh, at least before was that we started to promote like the the best engineers to become like managers like team leaders or or, or that kind of stuff and, and that doesn't really work either because um like if you're extremely good in in, in programming uh, let's say then that doesn't necessarily make you a good manager <laughs> so so there there should be uh, kind of an interest in management and then of course uh, some some kind of social skills uh, some kind of empathy skills um uh, available as well um, and we would actually in those situations we would actually reduce the output of a team by making the most productive member of that team a, a manager who will then have to do all kinds of paper pushing instead of actually writing code um, and so so but and then we tried to to fix that using different kinds of matrix organizations where we would have like professional managers on the business unit side and then these kind of mentors on the technology side which maybe is better but then that doesn't really work either that well i guess we think nowadays so so uh yeah it's 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 a it's a tricky thing and i think nowadays we're, we're much better in kind of having a, maybe a, a better generic understanding of the it industry so that you know general managers uh, can start running projects. We have much better processes for running projects nowadays. We emphasize communication and, and stuff like that. So, so I guess we've kind of identified and learned from the mistakes that we have made <laughs> earlier on uh, into this current. Uh, and, and also, as we are 
we, you and me, we, we are we are older now. We we know and we can spot if something is off. You're maybe a little more a little bit more patient as well. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually one of the things when when you're new to a field, let's IT or something else. You're on your first job. You're doing everything looks fine, but you don't even realize that things are not working pro properly. And when when you're younger, I had a kind of a not a rule, but I was on average maybe sticking for three years in one position, one, and then I just switched to to another company or something like that. And that really helps to have different kinds of organizations where you work. You really see how things are done differently, and then yeah. sooner or later you have the the understanding of of how things can be. There are, there are more than one way of doing things correctly. Yeah, and, and this was this was exactly like you say. This was a lot of this happened like via personal uh, experience back then. Um, so, so we didn't have as much literature um, available onto how how to run things in the software industry that didn't really exist uh, back then. So, so uh, nowadays, of course, we have you know plenty of books and, and blog posts about the different ways of, of working with. We have this whole idea of agile uh, development and, and everything. So, I, I guess that the world is much more open nowadays. Maybe back then we were kind of scared of telling people how we work so that others wouldn't copy us or or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's one thing. What what else? I have a list of things here that that I I, I might want to. We, we're talking about people skills, so that kind of covers teamwork as well, the the, the general uh, ability to work as a team, not just as an individual. Although being able to work without someone else micromanaging you, so that you actually are able to work alone as well is an important skill yeah taking responsibility yeah yeah, yeah take responsibility and know when to ask and of course you don't you might not know that on, on the first day of your first job but as you will learn to know you, you will learn to know when to ask and not just do something and then figure out if it works or not or if it passes or not yeah it's like uh I, I guess asking questions is also um an important skill. I, I try to always, yeah. I try to always um, like like if we are in a situation where we have junior people joining us, um, I always try to tell them to just you know whenever they find a problem, instead of banging their heads against the wall for half a day, just ask. yeah, yeah. Because we've been there. Um, we can't, you know. When you have junior members, we can't like do a brain dump, giving all of the information we have <laughs> to to that new member. Rather, they need to figure out things on their own. However, most of the mistakes that they are making, we have already made, so we can help them not have to make those mistakes, or at least not have to make them as expensively as we have made. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Other things, yeah. One of my strategies has been when when you're 
let's say you're designing something in, in, in a project and you're in a meeting and you're, someone is suggesting that let's do it this way, then I kind of make it a joke uh, by asking uh, difficult questions about and trying to ask questions and show that it doesn't work, that what they're suggesting doesn't work. But that would be, you, you would be an, uh, kind of the, the not, not nice guy if you do it like that. But I, I joke, I started as a joke that, okay, it's my job now is to, to figure out if, it's, if it doesn't work. I do it because, uh, uh, because we, we need to do it. But, but yeah. kind of break the ice first before you start to ask those questions. And usually the, the, the things that they have designed or they suggest, they are okay suggestions, but still being able to figure out or kind of hint that, okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? Does it still work? And if they say, yes, it still works, then it's a good design. But yeah, being able to, and, and, and you're, uh, you have courage to not doubt, but ask, ask uh, questions or show that you might not agree. That's actually yeah. one skill as well, because if you just be quiet and you're, you don't dare to open your mouth, then usually it's, it's better if you open your mouth and if you figure out something that's really catastrophic, then everybody wants to find it out sooner than later. Yeah, I think the, the like the, the official methodology is called, it's called the devil's advocate. And this works in, in management in general, right? So, so just like always, um, when pessimistic, you're doing a pessimistic plan, was the word that I was looking for. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's like if you're doing a, a project plan or a business plan or, or, or whatever, when you're doing a plan, then you, somebody needs to play the devil's advocate to try to tear open any, any possible yeah, holes yeah. that are there. And this is not a critique to the plan per se. It's just a part of the process. Right, so, so, but if so, the so one who's receiving that, if if someone is receiving as a critique, then that that's the bad. I was trying to say that that's a, a bad thing. So I I kind of make a joke that my my job is yeah. to be a pessimistic right now, and I'm really open and, and nice guy, but I need to ask these questions. Yeah, there is also so this that's idea that, that we have been discussing between ourselves uh, called uh, radical candor, or that kind of, I guess the trademarked name of, of uh, somebody who has written a book about this. But this is something that is kind of very natural to us being uh, Finnish or, or Nordic, right? That we actually tell people directly what we think about their, their uh, work. And then that doesn't work internationally, right? So that might be something very uh, weird for, for people from other cultures. So, a lot of these skills might also be culture specific, right? Mm -hmm. so, so like in, in the UK, um, you need to find a different way of giving your critique than, than directly saying what is wrong with, with a particular uh, you know, issue. This, has, this is actually really, really, really important in aviation industry. When, when you have a pilot, in the past you had a pilot, Let's, uh, and this, this is really cultural thing as well. If you, if you had a, a Japanese airline, not 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 Japanese airline, but a, a company that's from Japan, yeah, the the the, the pilot, what's that called? The captain is yeah. is the big boss with all capital letters and everything, and the other people are not not aware, not 
it was not okay for them to question the captain's decisions. And that yeah, this is to really it's even, it's even worse in Korea, like in, in Japan, they have a lot of um they identify this issue. So they do things. Um, I forgot the name of the uh tactic, but they, they kind of say what they're doing while they're doing it. Um there are plenty of videos available on YouTube where they're like in the train, the train uh driver is saying lowering speeds to X, blah blah blah. I, I forgot the term as well. There, there's a the, there's a term regarding that the the yeah. way the pilot and the, the other people in the cockpit work together, uh, but that yeah. and that that should be in other industries as well. That you're it, that it's okay to have a different opinion about something without that being kind of stepping on somebody's somebody's toes. Yeah, so so this is this is actually a good analogy, because in the aviation industry, the captain is the one that has the uh, the the experience, right? So the, the first officer, in general, is a more junior uh, pilot, and, and the idea is that the captain is, has all of the responsibilities, um, and because of that, they they can decide also anything. But you could take this same idea also to a software development environment. Where you have you know more um, people with more experience in the team, and then people with less experience in the team, and it is the job of the people who have more experience in the team to mentor the people who have less experience in the team, and that might mean that it is beneficial to do things in such a way that you actually let the the less experienced people drop. Right? So, like in the pilot uh, thing, the, the the captain and the um, first officer they take turns in piloting, right? so, and then the other one is observing, um, and, and then that, for example, would give the the captain a way to help the first officer by by kind of seeing when he's doing something in an unoptimal way, and then he can later on tell him next time when you do this, have you thought about doing it this and that way, and in software development. Project the same way. Like if there is a really difficult project coming in, instead of staffing it in such a way that the, the most experienced person is going to do all of the design and fix all of the, the difficult problems, let the junior ones do it and then have the senior support them. That way you still get you know, the knowledge of the senior person, but at the same time, the, the knowledge is getting disseminated. The junior ones are getting a lot of experience good experiences uh, from that. So it is actually the job of, if you are more experienced, to, to make less experienced people question you. And if it doesn't come automatically, then don't fix the problem. Right? Instead of giving, like it, it's like in university, when, when a student makes an error in some lab, instead of giving them the right answer, you know, give them the tools so that they can come to the right answer themselves. And that way, we're, we're learning. It's not like, you know, we... It reminds me of my, uh, in, in, the, in school, uh, mathematics and physics, when, when you go to the exam, then you know how things work when, you, when you're given the exam and the question, and then you have to actually work through the problem without any extra material. And then you actually learn your your 
even if you think that, oh, I didn't get anything right, but you actually learned by sitting in two hours in the exam. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah, thing uh, that happened more than once, more than once. And, and we sometimes okay. discredit the idea of learning by making mistakes. That's how we learn. As as long as being, it's a safe environment. <laughs> yeah, and kind of being you, somewhat you, outside of our comfort zone. Like if we would be just it, doing the stuff that we know, there would be no progress. We, we need <clears> to kind of go into uncharted waters. Uh, to be able to learn more and become better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when when you're learning to fly, it's better to make the first mistakes in the simulator than in in a real plane alone. Yeah, yeah. And it, Otherwise, uh, we wouldn't have enough pilots. The avi aviation industry is a bit extreme because it's so safety oriented. Um, yeah. That for uh, a reason. Maybe, or, yeah, it's it, it's the same as if you would make software for a, like a nuclear nuclear. A power plant. In that case, you want to have <laughs> full full safety. Definitely. Um, what else? Uh, we talked about the willingness to learn, but also the, the 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 learning agility. That are you a person who actually learns new stuff, new, learns yeah. new things? Some people are faster, and some people are less fast when it comes to learning. Even if you have the motivation. So that's one one of one really big skill, and really not not a technical skill in that sense. That there are so many things that you can learn about, and if you're a quick learner, then you are. But you're not the 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 best person ever doing that specific thing. But if you're quick to learn new things, then you're most likely much better, uh, uh, more valuable asset in a company. Than just one who is not willing to learn, or who is, or who is not able to learn new things. Yeah, learn how because to learn. Things do change, and, and yeah, and that's so that's that. something that Nico is jealous of with me because I can literally <laughs> read one blog post, and then after that, I can talk about that project for <laughs> yeah. a length of time. Uh, but I see through you. Yeah, Others exactly. don't. That's good. That's good. Uh, but but jokes aside, Johannes is one of the the fastest learners I've I've known. Not the only fast learner, but uh, but that's a skill that not everybody has, and that's a yeah. that's a huge advantage, especially yeah, combined with the with the motivation of of you, you want to learn, you are able to learn, and then there are new things that you you benefit. If you if you learn them, and it, it just doesn't work with everything, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, of course it doesn't work with every every field and every topic. But if it supports the the area where you're working, let's say IT or something else, then that's a super good skill to have. And that in that sense, that's nothing. That's not technical IT skill. That's just general skill of being able to learn. Yeah, and it helps, of course, if you have like. Like learning becomes easier if you have like a theoretical background. So, so either computer science or, or something else, because then you, it's easier for you to generalize than um, if you're just kind of coming out of out of uh, nowhere. There, there are so many patterns um, that you know. It's, it's yeah. If if you if you're studying for something that's 
in IT, for example, you, you're not starting from scratch. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, it's like you, you know a third of the stuff already. Let's say yeah, and it, it goes Almost. to the level of like um, if you kind of think of how does some service, let's say some cloud service, work. Well, what you can do is you can just think of well, how would I have solved that problem? What would be the optimal way to solve this problem? And then probably it's been built that way, right? So you can like make this kind of generalization, which is really difficult, of course, if you don't have that that background or knowledge beforehand. Let's talk about motivation. What motivates us? What are the things that motivate us? If if you don't have motivation, then it doesn't matter how good you are in let's say let's say uh, cloud computing mm. but if so actually in the beginning i had the, the this here on top these are not in my opinion the most important skills there are so mm. many important skills that you just can't make a list like this but but if if you don't have motivation to to study or do cloud computing then you're i don't know maybe you should switch to something else if if you are working in a company that needs you to do cloud computing. But what motivates us in general? What are the things that motivate us? What do you well, get me, from learning new stuff, for example? Yeah, for, for, for me at least, I'm, I'm, this is a continuation of a hobby as childhood, right? So when I was a kid, I was uh, interested in computers, you know, computer gaming and programming and stuff. So this is just a continuation of that so it's the, the same, same with me kid kid like motivation about doing cool stuff and it's right now like i think we're or, or for me i'm at the in a place where, where i wouldn't really change much um if i could you know uh, I'm, I'm pretty much in the optimum you know job that, that i can think of for myself um, and that's something that's I'm very lucky <laughs> to to be in but yeah, if you can um, kind of envision yourself somewhere, kind of try to project into the future. Um, with, for example, with cloud computing, is there like a skill that you would like to have? Is there maybe a job role? Would you like to become a, I don't know, a, a site reliability engineer? Then that could be the motivation to maybe go through the stuff that is required, but not that interesting um, for, for that thing. Like, uh, with you, I think uh, we've been talking about networking. That's something that you don't know or my favorite know. topic. Yeah. yeah, and hate. So, but but you know that you have Over to here. study it. To and be we can cross out the network maintenance. We can get that out yeah. early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so um, I guess that's kind of one way to motivate yourself. And then, if there is no such thing in the future. That you're looking forward to and then of course it's fair to ask well why are you then in studying this yeah yeah so so motivation is important uh if you don't have motivation it's really hard to continue doing something that's not that interesting if you have the motivation you have a different goal like a, a larger goal in your mind then as an adult you know that there are certain topics or things that you have to do in between which are not that interesting or might be really hard, but you just have to push through. And if you have the motivation, then that's not a problem. Or hopefully not too big of a problem. But there are other things that as well that, that motivates us in general. Uh, 
so maybe you just want to learn new learn new things but uh, maybe it's money just in maybe money is something for example that let's say you want to uh, double your income to give you and your family a better life i would say i'm not i'm not saying that that's a wrong motivation because that could be a really strong motivation to go from somewhere where things are not that great to some other place where things are much better off let's say depending on the country in, in finland it's no need to talk about healthcare everybody gets the good basic healthcare that's not a problem but but still money could be a motivation at least for young people when they are they haven't decided anything about the future and they have no idea where they are where they want to go they don't know if they are if it is the is, is the thing, mm-hmm. or is it arts or or law or or healthcare? Yeah, just, just I, I would just say even... that money is one of the things that guides. They they look at that, or someone else tells them, okay, in this field, this is the average income or median income, and and does that look good for you? Yeah, even even kind of the availability of jobs, right? So we kind of know that um, right now. Um, quite there's quite a big uh, requirements for for kind of the basic IT jobs like IT support and that kind of stuff. There are a lot of uh, openings in there, and it's a, it's kind of a it's a fairly simple way to make reasonable income, right? So so it's it's a nice indoors job, you know. Uh, uh, doesn't it's not weather dependent usually. <laughs> Constant temperature. Yeah, and uh, well, it depends if you need to go into the data. data. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and then it's loud as well. Yeah. So, but but yeah, so there is this kind of. Uh, this is actually interesting. Uh, I've been talking about this on, on a different uh, uh, podcast with Fatima before. Um, so there are these ways for people to change into IT, and there are different cloud providers who are providing programs for that. Um, and they don't necessarily lead to working for the, that IT provider. It's more about like taking people who uh, maybe have uh, made a career in the military uh, and then they're discharged. So they're basically in their prime age, they're in their thirties, but suddenly they don't have a job and they don't really have any skills for 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 employment. Right? <laughs> kind of depends on what you did. But yeah. if you're just a, a basic uh, a soldier, then uh, you know how to shoot. Well, there are not that many jobs available for indoor jobs, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so, so uh, yeah, you, you IT, need to learn something new. Yeah, in IT, um, you 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 get to a fairly good income, fairly with fairly minimal um, training, and then somebody who's been in the military might actually already have quite a lot of those soft skills that you just mentioned because they have had to already work with people who they don't know beforehand uh, that are just random people and, and different kinds of people and they've been in lots of situations where they needed to solve basically like a social puzzle right and here's one uh, before you continue on my list one of the things that are important skills in general is problem solving yeah ability to solve problems yeah exactly so so there, there are these ways to get get into uh, IT from, from a different background. And, and I, I guess as we are in some kind of a, 
um, industrial revolution again, like moving from um, for, for experts, right? Like moving from uh, generating text to selecting or, or editing text that is being generated on your behalf. Um, so there might be a need for a shift for people to move from more traditional um, employment towards IT as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I hope that the, the advancement in technology will provide more jobs and not just, they, they are not the same jobs that we already have, but something. Yeah, everybody that, that used to be, a, I don't know, a paralegal in the US just becomes a prompt engineer instead. Yeah. <laughs> for example, for example. One moment. Um, so, uh, what else? What else? Customer service. That this doesn't. This doesn't. Uh, uh, this is not limited to to IT at all. Are you able to talk with your customers? Are you able yeah. to handle the, the 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 tricky situations as well as well where something is not working perfectly and the customer is not contacting you to praise you, but but to complete opposite. Something is wrong, and and you need to be able to solve that without losing that customer, in general. Or if it's about uh, talking to a new customer and trying to convince them to to stick with you, and and, and uh, you, you want to sell them more more things and services, not not going to necessarily to the to, for you being a salesperson, but in general, if you are, let's say, even as a programmer. If if you are talking to your clients and customers, then you should. If you know how to do that, then the clients and customers are happy. They get good service yeah. from you. You explain the problems and and things to them without without uh, them losing their minds because they have no idea what you're talking about. So that's that's a skill as well. Yeah, this this we used to solve by isolating. The uh, programmers, right? So, so exactly, not all of them, but some of them at least. Yeah. So, so if we had like a technical project manager, then they would act like as a proxy between the customer and the uh, developers, kind of translating <laughs> on the way, <laughs> removing the expletives. <laughs> um, uh, and then that, of course, worked in in that context, but it it of course there's less transparency. And now, nowadays, with agile methodologies, we're looking for more transparency. So there's a kind of a more pressure for everybody on the, on the team to be able to talk to the customer, and, and it's more important nowadays than it than it used to um, originally. I, I remember from the past, this was not only about protecting the customer from the programmers, but it was also protecting the programmers from the customer, because when yeah, so we didn't have proper proper way of working then the customer might be contacting directly the, the programmer and asking for new features, which, yeah. let's say, basically, bluntly put, we're not paid for. Yeah, yeah. and for then also stress management, um, deadline management. Yeah. So, so, um... so it's a two-way protection there. But nowadays, as you said, Johannes, uh, probably you, you want your workforce to be able to talk with the clients as well. Yeah, we're just we've learned that it's it's much 
the, the end result, the quality is much higher if we do a, yeah. a quick quick iterations of an agile process. But, uh, but still, in, in, but but uh, but still, in a way that that the project is not dependent on on this one person who is able to talk with the customer. Exactly. So if, if it's if it's about that one person, then then you are. I'm not saying you're doing wrong things wrong, but you might end up in a situation when that this one person leaves the company one way or the other, and then yeah. things go down. It's, it's very risky, both from from that point of view that that everything is on, on one person. So what happens when they're ill or something? Uh, but also because the, the the true state of the project is only known to that one person, because yeah. they could be painting a different picture to different sides. And then I actually remember. One, from one of one of the uh, previous clients that they rotated people from project to project and it at first it sounded like a, a kind of a stupid thing to do because th there's always one new person there and it takes time for them to 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 know what's happening in the project and the, because the project are massive there could be like not not well let's not say millions of lines but hundreds of thousands of lines of code and when a new person comes in, they are completely lost. But in the long run, everybody was able to handle, not every project, but there were several people who were able to handle any project. Yep. And that's a really good situation to be in. Yeah, that's, but it slows things down in the beginning. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good, good practice. So what you can think of that is, is being like a test case for adding a person into the project, right? Yep. So if you do that, all of the time, then you kind of make sure that the documentation of that project is up to date and that all of the, the processes on, you know, how to get uh, developed an environment or, or are up to date because you, you, you know that you're constantly going to have new people there. Whereas if you, if you don't do that, then you, you might be, you know, just, just thinking that everybody, of course, knows how this works, right? Everybody, you know, implicitly knows how things work and then when you do get a new person in your project then you don't have any of the things in place that they actually uh, I think other industries are better at, at in in rotating people around and yeah. like from one position to another even to I don't know completely different place I, in Finland you don't rotate people to different cities or other parts but I don't know maybe somewhere else they even do that well well Amazon does a lot of rotation I see that when I uh, do courses for them like AWS courses uh, where the customers are from Amazon because <laughs> we get a lot of people that are coming from like outside of AWS uh, intending to move to AWS. Um, and Amazon has like a gazillion of different things. There are people that are like in, in, like physically doing work in a logistics center, like <laughs> getting packets and, and but but also in, in, in IT like there are people that are working for Amazon payments that are doing payment stuff uh, and then they want to move over to to uh, AWS so so in AWS I guess or in Amazon in general I guess you're supposed to change your job uh, roughly every two or three years uh, just to kind of exactly do that give you know get new views from different parts of the company into a into a project but also to keep all of the documentation in place so that every project is ready to take in uh, new new stuff 
I just just popped into my mind the, the term that I was looking for. It was called CRM, Cockpit Resource Management. Yeah. And yeah. that's the metric that they, <laughs> going back to the beginning of the of yeah. this episode there, that's that's the, the thing that is measured that you, if, if that's good, then you don't crash your plane. And that's encouraged. And the same, same thing should be encouraged in other fields as well, that you, you should be able to open your mouth and say that you disagree with something without that being punished or without that. that uh, of course, if you do that every time somebody talks, you become that annoying person nobody wants to talk with or work with. I'm, I'm looking at you, Johannes, but I'm not meaning. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't mean you're you. The you're, me. <laughs> you're, you're the only one I see now, so that's why. I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, also, um, about that, there there is this, of course, this blameless culture. So it's like if when things go wrong, not if, because things when, always go exactly. wrong. When things go wrong, instead of you know trying to blame that onto some person, rather uh, take the, the the learning from it. So okay, what went wrong? Why do you go wrong? Uh, how can we make sure that we don't make the same mistake again? Kind of think of it the other way around. Kind of be grateful for, for the mistake that has been made because it has shown a weakness in your process. And now you have the possibility to fix that. If only everybody saw it like that. Uh, when I was... Uh... When I was um, uh, kind of trying to figure out what's the topic for this for this day, uh, I was also thinking about the the future of work in the IT IT industry. But that that this probably applies to many other industries as well. So things have changed a little bit uh, because we are not uh, we are working remotely quite a lot. I don't know yeah. how much. I haven't seen any recent reports how much we are going back to the office. I, I have no interest in going back to the office, first of all, because we don't have an office right now. But in general, so it works in some fields. But how you think that that has changed? What are the, the skills that you should have if you want to work efficiently and, and you really uh, I think you are productive? as an uh, productive when you're working from from let's say home yeah i think it's uh, any skills for that i think it's the same skills but we just see different kind of uh um or, or maybe the prioritization is different with remote work so because the communication is different instead of doing face-to-face -face communications a lot of kind of uh um informal communication we now need to do it more formally. We need to write at least chat messages in Slack or, or something like that. So, so the, it, it is, the communication is different um, and you need to make sure that it still happens. So, so we need to enable from an organizational point of view, this kind of informal communication that it still happens. And then as workers, we need to remember to communicate. This is also something that, that we are working on literally with, with you, Mikko, like our daily um, channel on Slack and, and stuff like that. So there, there are methods to, to get there. And then, of course, you need to be better in, in doing independent work, right? 
So there, there is less chance of somebody micromanaging you. So that you need to more take responsibility of um, some kind of task that you're, you're doing and then do it yourself uh, and, and so on. Uh, that, that is actually working independently when you have the motivation and you're doing something that you really enjoy to the point where it doesn't even feel like it's work. That's super easy. Yeah. But you don't always have that kind of tasks in front of you. Or you have, yeah, you could have 10 tasks and none of them are that interesting to you. And you still have to do them. And that, when you're working independently from home without too much uh, oversight, without nobody's uh, looking at you mm. right, right now, then are you able to do that? That's a skill. Yeah, this, I'm, I'm struggling with that sometimes. Yeah, I have this rule: always start with the least attractive task. So you because, call me in the morning, always. <laughs> just you know, <laughs> because the the, the, yeah. the stuff that you like to do, you will do anyway, right? So so kind of start with the stuff that you don't like to do. Do them first, and then uh, you kind of. That that is a, a good good way, and and uh, this is funny thing: you if, if the task actually takes two minutes. But it's something that you don't want to do. It it's just too many an annoying email or something that you need to do. Then it actually costs you way more than two. This is my own theory. It costs you way more than two minutes of time if you postpone it, and you postpone it. So just the act of postponing takes more than two minutes if you do it uh, enough times, and it's in the back of your head that I should be doing that. So it's annoying you, and that's kind of uh, making you less efficient on some other things. Yeah, it might lead to stress as well. Yeah. So it's a... That's probably the word I was looking for. You, you are the one with the fancy words. So that, that actually, so you should tackle the, the most annoying task in the, in the, whenever you start to work, let's say in the morning. And then yeah. start with that and then it's done. Yeah, and usually have... when you actually finally do it, you realize that, why didn't I do this two weeks earlier? Why, why exactly. didn't I just do it? Yeah, and then have some, some kind of routines, like uh, like if you're not a very good morning person, it might be difficult to start with the uh, annoying task first, but then have some routine that you do, you know, some other stuff until 10 o'clock, and then at 10, you start with the most annoying task that you have. That helps. <clears throat> one, one really skill that, uh, this is actually not on my list, but I just invented, is time management. Time management. And and we're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, so time management is something you, you should be able to know when to finish whichever task you're doing and not to uh, continue perfecting it until it's ready because things are not, some things are never ready. And that's actually one. Yeah. With, yeah. with programming, with writing your test cases or when you're editing your photos or something, you just know, you need to know when to stop. And again, with the uh, agile um, methodologies, this is under better control than what it was uh, originally. Yeah. So should we call it a day or do you have something yeah. else? And we're over an hour already. So uh, I think we have to stop now. It was interesting as always. Uh, please do give feedback. Um, you know, our, our dear listeners or viewers. 
um, in case there's a, a topic that you want to hear about or, or you have specific comments about what we're saying over here, feel free to send us a message. Uh, we're happy to, to take that into account in future episodes. Uh, but otherwise, I think this is it for us today. Thanks a lot for listening and or viewing. And I'll see you again uh, to, uh, to not tomorrow, next week. So we're available every Saturday at noon, live on YouTube and Twitch. And, Twitter. and you're doing with, with Fatima as well, some shows yeah. as well. We have another stream, uh, um, IT with Fatima, where we're going over things maybe for, from a more beginner um, point of view. So this is more for, for our um, advanced listeners or viewers. So, um, but yeah, that comes out every Sunday at 4 p.m. And all of these times are uh, GMT, so the UK time zone. But yeah, after that, these are, of course, available as podcasts everywhere. But yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Nico, for, for the interesting topic. And uh, see you again next week. Till then. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.